Welcome to Podcast on Fire 253, and it is the annual Christmas special where the co-hosts and co-producers, as many as we can gather, including me, we sit back and uh, conclude the year with the most informal show of the year. And there will be chit-chat about Christmas and movies, I'm sure, but because it's... Um, it's a sort of a round table and uh, open mic, so everybody can bring their particular skills and uh, chit-chat to the table. But I am bringing back a Christmas tradition. Uh, we, we've done it only once here on the network, and that was in 2009, where then co-host, uh, but I do hope to get him back someday, uh, Mike Manner arranged a Christmas trivia contest for us all, which I won. Just so you know. Uh, so so it's my job to arrange it again. <laughs> I can't, however, put together and provide the same quality of questions because Mike did a bang-up job. But uh, as the reigning champion, I thought I'd take a stab at putting one together and gathering up as many voices of the network as we can for a, for a big uh, quiz trivia rumble, if you will. So uh, I am Kenny B and uh, I'm here with my tall glass of uh, Yulmust because I need it to get through working with this rowdy but talented group of folks <laughs> ken's like the supply teacher for the day <laughs> exactly <laughs> did you just call one of us a rowdy butt I'm, I'm... a butt yeah you're, you're a bunch of rowdy butts buttheads <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we we were hoping to get obviously Stuart Sutherland on because he is the founder of the network he created podcast on fire but he's been a he's been a good dad because he's youngest one uh, became uh, ill overnight, uh, so obviously he needs to tend to that. But uh, I want to give a shout out to the man who created it all. Uh, he now hosts his own podcast, Films and Swearing, out of Scotland. Thomas met him uh, two or three times over the years, right? Yeah, all, yeah, all couple of years. Yeah, yeah, a few times now in Scotland. It's been great. Well, uh, Stu's come down here a couple of times, yeah, in Birmingham. So it's been nice. Uh, I don't think he could get used to the weather. Uh, over here because obviously it's not completely fucking freezing cold 24 7 so he couldn't really get used to a couple of days here so yeah never for long periods just a couple of days here and there <laughs> that's that's as much as I, that's as much as i can take of him these days <laughs> you, you are the one that sort of is doing a tour of uh, the various co-hosts because you also I met am, mike yeah. mailey said uh, mike mailey is from Walsall, which i mean uh, no, it wasn't costumes it was a 10 minute bus journey so yeah it took <laughs> took forever <laughs> Took ages and I had to uh, pack uh, pack lunch. My mom did. Mom packed me a pack lunch as well. So <laughs> that was nice of her. Yeah. yeah, I think subconsciously I'm just uh, visiting everybody. I'm going to show up at your door, Ken, on, the, uh, on Christmas Day. Is that all right? They're good. You can have me for the day, yeah? <laughs> no, no. Me and me, you and Mama Brawson, yeah? <laughs> oh, you, you, had, you had a stab at pronouncing my last name. That was good. That was good, wasn't it? I've been, I've been practicing on that, man, yeah. But um, you, so do the UK tour first and then we'll discuss the Swedish leg. Okay, yeah, keep it, uh, yeah, keep it local for now. I'm guessing you can do the American tour. You can do the American tour afterwards tour too. So. I'll come and see you guys soon. Yeah, I'm sure they want that. Me showing up at the door, you know, just out of the blue. <laughs> but uh, so, but but anyway, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Stu, who couldn't be here, but he's here in spirit. And uh, aside from uh, Tom KW, we also have a uh, second year in a row here on Podcast on Fire. Normally he does Taiwan War, and he's based out of San Francisco, and it's the man that I haven't spoken to in about. 22 hours. Yeah. It's been a while. Been that long, has it, guys? Yep. You guys just can't keep yourselves away from each other, can you? It's the Taiwanese, uh, it's the Taiwanese love, uh, so to say. 
but but Todd, at any rate, uh, obviously he is a uh, co-host of Taiwan Noir. Uh, we usually look at yes. um, genre movies from Taiwan, whether they're black and white movies for children, whether they're special effects movies for children in color, and maybe we'll cover the rare sight of Hollywood actors in Taiwanese movies. That happens too. And he's also the author of Funky Bollywood, a nice little coffee table book, if you will, on uh, on uh, Bollywood cinema. But also he's got a novel out currently, it's been out um, half a year or so, called Please Don't Be Waiting For Me. And he's now going to say hello again. So, hi Todd, Merry Christmas. Well, hello everybody. I would say that I'm the dubiously qualified co-host of Taiwan Works. I think every episode I... I... I reveal a new uh, area of ignorance of, oh. of Taiwan cinema. <laughs> you keep me on my feet, like uh, you, you make you make me want to step up my game, man. Well, yeah, I, I think my role is as the novice to your, you know, what's all this I hear about the the venoms? What is that? You know, <laughs> that's it's a dynamic. Well, I, I enjoy it very much because uh, you, uh, uh, it's enlightening to get your perspective on all things uh, Taiwanese cinema as well. well thanks so. very much. Yeah. It's like the odd couple, but who's who's Jack Lemmon and who's Walter Matthau? <laughs> That's a good question. I think Ken's got a bit more of a citrus vibe, so I'm going to give him the lemon. Uh, Todd didn't give you yeah. the Matthau, I think. I think I'm getting okay. that. I think that's that, that seems yeah. apt. Well, you reckon yeah. you're happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay, I'm cool. happy with that. <laughs> okay, cool. You can Especially... continue now, Ken. We've got that out of the way, that important, <laughs> very important debate. I told you he's cultural. He can pull like trivia from the forties <laughs> and fifties and sixties. Yeah, uh... uh, but at any rate, uh, please don't be waiting for me. In short, uh, would it be fair to say it is a murder mystery set in the eighties punk scene of uh, of your haunts, essentially? It's set during the early days of the San Francisco punk scene, which I think was a really important scene, along with like New York, London, and L.A. I mean, it has it's an element of cultural history. It talks about. You know, I I tried to make all the details factual, all the bands, all the clubs, all the bars, all the sort of pivotal incidents like Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys running for mayor, things like that. It's it's all true. It all happened. And then I put this, you know, fantastical murder mystery on top of that. So it's a fun read, I would say. I remember you had some trouble, um, no, not trouble, but you were in a phase, when you first told me of the book, you were in a phase where you were in need to clear, um, maybe primar- primarily songs and things like that, because you can't put you can't put, put anything in the book willy-nilly and expect to uh, get away with it, So, uh, uh, but, but obviously that, uh, that hurdle was overcome. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, this is my first time dealing with um, procuring rights for something, it was for lyrics. I mean, the title of the of the book is the last line of the Sex Pistols song, "Holiday in the Sun," mm-hmm. and I quote most of the lyrics to that. So, and the rest of it was just like local band, like the Avengers, and so I just called them, you know, and said, "Hey," mm-hmm. but uh, the Sex Pistols, you know, they their their uh, publishing was owned by Universal Music, so there's no way I was going to get away with that. So. I had to wait a while for them to decide, you know, basically you have to, you know, tell, tell them what the book is about, what the purpose is and exactly what lyrics you're going to use. And then they, you know, write that up as a contract. And, uh, I was told they could charge me as much as $2,000 per word. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. $2,000 per word that, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, the the lyrics are "Holiday in the Sun," pure gold. No, they actually charged me a lot less from that. I, I mean, you know, I would rather have got it for free, but you know, given the circumstances, it was important to the book. But it was interesting because that kind of held the book up for a couple months. Well, it's better. It's better than them saying "play no" and not engaging in a process at all. At least you right. Know. Yeah. I talked to the lawyer, he said, yeah, you know, you might have to pay a couple thousand dollars, but if you do it without your permission, they could sue you for like 30,000. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. I don't have that. But <laughs> <laughs> and there's no network money either, no uh, no treasure chest to go in. Right, yeah, my <laughs> podcast on fire royalty checks don't go very far. Ken, you're not paying a man enough? Come on, man. Yeah, did did, did you make a fortune on Funky Bollywood too? I mean... Oh, absolutely. You must be rolling in the dough, right? Yeah, I mean, the film, <laughs> the film rights alone, uh, yeah, it's crazy money. All right, uh, guys, uh, uh, for the record, I spent uh, the POF money on uh, on the Swedish festive soda, so that's where it goes. <laughs> Your addiction, can exactly. you go? <laughs> Once a year, I, I become an addict. Uh, better than heroin, I suppose. I so, suppose, yeah. You know. Uh, and at any rate, uh, next up, uh, he is the host of the East Green West Green podcast. And uh, despite being an ocean or oceans apart from his uh, co-host, um, because they they recorded um, when they both lived in Hong Kong, they still deliver the current news and movie coverage that someone like me needs to um, to hear because I'm not clued into the current Hong Kong cinema scene, the mainland China scene, and so forth. And it's a informative and easily digestible show. And uh, he's a great co-host and co-producer uh, on this network as well. And he is also in the middle middle of, I assume, of uh, the season of uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. And it, it, it's, the, it's the Hallmark Christmas movies masochist himself, Paul Fox. Hello, everyone. I'm here and I'm jolly. And unfortunately, I have not been doing the Hallmark Christmas thing this year because <laughs> I've had uh, other life events that have just gotten in the way of my, my sitting down and, and mass consuming uh, the, the Hallmark uh, channel movies, as as some might call them. Um, They're all completely interchangeable either way, mate, so you're not missing a lot to build. Yeah, like, no, there's, once there, you I see think one, you see them all. I think there's a website out there that has a, basically an algorithm that you can go to and it will create a Hallmark movie <laughs> Christmas movie plot for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like the, uh, the the Family Guy joke machine that was on South Park, like something similar to that, is it? Yeah. Just adds random bits A plus B to make Z, <laughs> you know, and they all find the spirit of Christmas at the end, kind of thing, you know. So yeah, that's all Did, we didn't uh, Netflix move on to Hallmark's uh, turf with at least a movie? They have, well, they have three Christmas movies out right now. Um, one of which I've seen. Which really I wouldn't say is Hallmark. Um, it's called El Camino Christmas, and it's a little bit dark for a Christmas movie, but it's really good, really well acted. But they've got two. They've got one called A Christmas Prince, and another one called Christmas Inheritance. And I've watched the trailers for both, and they look like they were lifted right out of Hallmark. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a go later on to see to see how they're doing. I don't know what happens. It's just the channel always seems to be like fixed to uh, you know some movie, some Hallmark movie playing at some point. Just the, over the season, it just I come in the room, like I go out the toilet, come back, it's just on the TV. Uh, you know, I go, I go to work, come back, just happen to be on the TV. Just this kind of subconscious thing. It's just there everywhere. I, I just can't escape them. Someone help me, please, <laughs> please send so no. You're you're trapped in an episode of Black Mirror, I think. Yeah, something like that, man. Yeah, something like that. It's like that episode with uh, the guy from Get Out where all they needed to consume social media and earn points 
and, and he couldn't block any of that stuff, right? Uh, there was a Black Mirror episode akin to that, so... You can't kill it, man. You can't kill it. Did anyone see the Will Ferrell one? The uh, the Hallmark movie? Did anyone catch that one? I didn't see that one. Yeah, was that this is... year? Um, I think it might be a couple of years ago now, but I think I saw it last year the first time. Really bizarre. Well, was that the one about, like, adoption or something? Yeah, and... a deadly adoption or something yes, like that. They adopted yes. some kid that was, like, a mur- It's really bizarre. It's, like, it's not It's not even a parody. It's, like, it literally just is a Hallmark movie that they're kind of... They are... They're, like, acting like kind of Hallmark movie actors would. It's really bizarre. It's it's not even kind of wow. parody. It's just literally just, like, a Hallmark movie with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiggin. <laughs> it's, it, is, wow. it is strange. Nothing to do with Christmas, I might add, but... We're checking out, you know, all the same. I wanted to uh, both uh, pl- plug the show, Paul Fox, but, uh, you know, we, we talk sometimes about uh, you change up your creative habits, you find new directions in terms of uh, podcast and writing and so forth. And you have had a sub-series uh, in mind for East Screen, West Screen that I've been fortunate enough to take part of. So when we say you review current Hong Kong, China, Chinese and Hollywood films, that's that we recognize but why did you go back to the brian brown movie taipan um well this is a series that'll be launching um in january of 2018 it was just an idea i had to look at uh hong kong as represented through other cinema particularly hollywood cinema and in a few cases some european cinema and really just kind of looking at how you know outside directors and outside uh, screenwriters represent the territory uh, in their work. So we picked a handful of films and um, Kenneth has been gracious enough to come on as my co-host and we're going to be looking at, uh, it's it's going to be a short sub-series uh, across 2018, um, um, you know, again, a handful of these films that are focused on Hong Kong from different eras and um, talking about the film and then again how it relates to Hong Kong cinema that we know and love. So you, so you, Tom, being cultural, like Taipan, you recognize that immediately or, or is that one that has eluded you over the years? That has eluded me over the years, unfortunately. Could you explain a little, little bit further into that? Ken, well, you can experience wisdom? it with uh, Brian Brown's wonderful uh, Scottish accent that he really is performing. That that is. One oh, that that's the film. Yeah, dude, that's the film you're talking about the the other day. Yeah, I remember, man. Chinese I, I it. No, no. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was for? Bob, a little bit behind the scenes here. Ah, awesome, man. Awesome. Is that is that out yet or not? No, it's coming out in January. Coming out, awesome! I'll be uh, yeah, eagerly anticipate that, fellas. Definitely, it's a really interesting um, subgenre. That sounds like. And uh, you've heard Tom, so finally we should just say, "Hi, Tom." Here I am. Yeah, it's it's an honour to be on with uh, such scholared guests. Honestly, <laughs> uh, a little bit of you know, I'm not really one for sincere moments, but um, yeah, I'm honoured to be here. Uh, obviously, not you, Ken. Not talking about you, Ken. Um, Minus one point. <laughs> if anyone's unqualified to be here, it is me. So uh, I think you you guys got you know nothing to worry about. You know, I mean, we got a you know an author here, and you know we we, we got a, a part, you know one of the best hosts, one of the best podcasts you know ever. And that's I'm talking about Paul again, man, not you, Ken. Minus two um, points. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's an it's an honor to be here with you, gentlemen. Well, thank you, sir. Um, it's great to be here with you too. Yes. Thanks, man. Thank equally you. honored but you are sk- you you are skilled man i mean uh, here's the thing you're you're a great co-host of these shows but you in your life you you're amassing these skills like you read about like now you are a wing chun 
student, right? And you actually uh, you, you yeah, pick up instruments. Yes. Yeah, and you try to pick up instruments and learn how to play guitar and I the try. bass. I dabble. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I dabble, skilled. man. I, uh, uh, I think it's really it's all about passion rather than talent. I think for me, a lot of the time, I think that's how I kind of get through life, really, <laughs> not being too hard on myself with stuff and just picking stuff up because, you know, I want to because I have that kind of fire in my belly for it and, and I'm interested in it and, you know, it keeps me going rather than getting too hung up that I'm not particularly great at something. It's, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's got time for that, really. So we all go through it, but I think it's good to just, yeah, do something because you're passionate about it rather than the fact you're really, you really go at something. I try, man. I'm doing all right. And 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 the wing and the wing churn is still uh, still a part of your life at least weekly, right? It is, yeah, it is. I would I would like to do more, and I've you know managed to lose a couple of jobs this year. I managed to you know lose a couple of apartments and get back into jobs and get back into apartments. So it's uh you know it's been a kind of a bit of a bit of a merry-go-round really. Like, but I'm hoping for a bit more stability next year and can get back to doing it kind of more than I'd like to now. So. Um, well, rather, you know, more than I can now, so for sure. Uh, 2018 should be good if I can, you know, just keep in a job and keep in a house. That'd be great. <laughs> That's a reasonable request. <laughs> That's a reasonable request. Do you think that to, 2018 to not be on the streets, uh, is, is that a reasonable request for 2018? Yeah, I think, I think it is. I think it yeah. is. So, yeah. It's, it's good to be goal-oriented. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, a roof, <laughs> a roof's my next goal. Yeah, yeah, I've got the door. I've uh, got a few bricks. The roof's, yeah, definitely kind of oh, next, okay. next on the cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a solid foundation. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, got to... <laughs> I play guitar and bass too. Maybe we can end this show with a jam session. Wow, we could do. I mean, uh, I think uh, <laughs> Ken, you've already got you. Ken's recorded me in my little jam session we had uh, oh. a couple of couple of weeks ago, didn't we, Kenneth? Just yeah, to... that went extraordinarily bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tom uh, Tom attempted the uh, intro to Extremes to get the funk out. Uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Doom, 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 doom. I think I think the tone was wrong. That's the that's the only thing. Ken, honestly, is it sounds good. I think it was it was the right notes and everything. I just wasn't doing them in the right order. Uh, yeah, that's a problem sometimes. <laughs> the, the rules of music are so strict. You know, you have to play the notes in a certain order. And, oh man, honestly, it's yeah. too. Honestly, it's just yeah. it's too. It's, it's like Nazi Germany. Honestly, it's just yeah, too. Absolutely, I can't. It's yeah. just too. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. Horrible. Honestly. Yeah. They should just color coordinate these things, and then I can pick pick them up as well. Like green, red, green, red, green, black, green, black. <laughs> right, like Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the best thing. That'd be the best thing for you. Colour Ken's for you. Ken, are you one of the ones that see colour for musical notes or musical sounds? Is that is that what you're getting into there? I'm not, but I knew someone who, who uh, saw saw it like that, and that was rather fascinating. because uh, It's very interesting. It's, yeah, it's like alien, man. Like yeah, it's, it's bizarre, man. Yeah, some people just hear different sounds. Different. I don't know what the, the name is. Um, no. I can't remember what the name for it is, but it's it's interesting, man, reading about it and a lot of the musicians that have it. It's very interesting. But at any rate, uh, we, we have a, a friendly and a rowdy bunch uh, gathered, clearly <laughs> here, and they're ready, ready to rumble. I'm tearing up the table as we speak. Yeah, sound <laughs> of bottles breaking. Yeah. Get the competition going. Cherry bombs in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke, smoking in the toilet. Because yeah. it's 1995. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So I mentioned we have a trivia competition, uh, sort of podcast pub quiz, if you will, and uh, there there is uh, there is something to compete for here across uh, these five rounds, five questions each in total. Therefore, twenty-five. The competition, the grand prize, is honor and glory on DVD. Um, oh, okay, okay, awkward. not the, the concept. <laughs> yeah, not not actual honor and glory. No, you you need something obtainable, man. So uh, obviously you're going to compete. Hold in your hands, yeah. Exactly, you're going to compete for a Cynthia Rough Rock movie directed by Godfrey Ho. Nice. All right. You know, self-respect and a sense That's of definitely purpose worth would it. also be a nice would be a nice price, <laughs> yeah. but I'll take That'd be a nice bonus. Just say there's a bonus. Yeah. Todd, that's a bonus, man. <laughs> and and that DVD by the way, and this is really going to make you motivated. It not only contains the English cut of Honor and Glory, starring Cynthia Rothrock, but also the Chinese version. Meaning it's a completely different version with diff- more more uh, actors that only appear briefly in the Honor and Glory version and Cynthia Rothrock and all the English actors dubbed into Cantonese. So there's two versions of a DVD. Just keeps getting better and better, Ken, honestly. Yeah. My ma- mouth is salivating. <laughs> you guys better watch out. I'm going My forward. eyes, I'm my eyes are salivating. Gunning. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think you need some sleep, mate. <laughs> What's happening? What was he a doctor um, about that? I think I'm it's gonna... called emotion. I think it's called tears. Yeah. Don't want yeah. any um, bad for yeah. you though. Actually, I have to expose my ignorance again. Um, so, is this like a Godfrey Ho thing? One of those things? No, no, not the way you're thinking of it. It's a proper movie. It's an actual movie. Okay. Okay. More kind of on the lines of undefeatable rather than the cut and paste, uh, oh, okay. cut and paste excess of uh, of the ninja films. Okay, because the thing they did was they he, he simply shot two versions simultaneously and prepped them for different markets. And, ah, uh, okay, and, and uh, because the alternate one is called uh, Angel the Kickboxer. That's the Hong Kong version's English okay. title. So, dude, is uh, is our is our boy uh, Don Neum in that one, or are we talking about? If I remember correctly. He was up for it, but couldn't. Uh, yes, yes, couldn't yes, do yes, it, yes. and then undefeatable came afterwards, and he, he got, yeah. got cast in that. Yeah, uh, but John Ritz Miller from Undefeatable, uh, yes. the cop, is in it. So, is in it, yeah. uh, so that's what awesome. you're competing for. For uh, each question uh, is worth one point uh, per correct answer. Obviously, there's no minus points. I'm just uh, toying a little bit with uh, Tom here. Uh, I, I'll allow uh, I'll allow attempts at uh, stealing, but uh, it's still only worth one point. So, uh, and if we're all tied, or if uh, two of you are tied at the end of uh, these rounds, there there will be a tiebreaker question. And uh, we we are at the mercy of the internet and this group call. So hopefully, when you shout out your name, when you know the question uh, answer rather, uh, or if you want to uh, give it a guess, hopefully. I will hear it at the same time you uh, shout out your name. <laughs> oh, but uh, no. it is uh, sounding rather splendid, though. No one is like one second behind in terms of their responses and things like that. Good. So I, it's I've... good. My AOL dial-ups really holding out. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of 1995. I'm surprised it's so smooth. I think I'm a few seconds behind by virtue of it being like 9.40 in the morning here. I haven't been up for very long, so... <laughs> but uh, the thing is, I try to make this inclusive. Uh, the topics will be Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, and then Hollywood, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, all mixed together, and some quotes at the end, to guess. Uh, so hopefully I've made this inclusive uh, rather than um, quirky questions and offbeat questions, you know. So... Um, 
let's get this show on the road. Uh, you know, fingers on buzzers, You're but so buzzers. edgy, Ken, with I'm your so quirky off-peak question. <laughs> <laughs> so edgy, man, so edgy. Well, well, Mike was more funny when he wrote his questions because he, he, he started at one end and then the actual question was not about what he started to talk about, right? So, <laughs> uh, But uh, at any rate, I think we're going to get this uh, trivia contest going. So good luck, everybody, and uh, no fighting and uh, respect, respect the Lord Quizmaster, which is moi. Yeah. Good luck, gentlemen. Indeed. Likewise. I'm going to go to the toilet. Have you stashed the encyclos in the toilet? I've got it all right on the back of my hand, yeah. But anyway, the first topic, or rather, first round, concerns Hong Kong. So the first question is following. Yeah, it's Podcast on Fire. What shall we start with? It's a massive surprise. Next year, we do the Taiwan War Christmas special, and then we start with Taiwan. Okay. Which movie had the face piercing? Well, <laughs> is that the first question? All of them. All of them. <laughs> but anyway, first question goes as follows: uh, Since the running joke initially, when doing podcast on fire, was our obsession with actors' hair, what was the full, wordy English title of the Andy Lau movie where he played Detective D? Detective D. Oh, Tom, 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 Tom. Tom, what's your answer? Uh, Detective D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame. That is correct. Boom. Wow. Yay. On the board. <laughs> Paul, that yay, that yay was so enthused then, Paul. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yay. Because, and, because Andy Lau, obviously, uh, for a good 40 years, his hair has been impeccable and it's going to be impeccable till the day he kicks the bucket. So, Hair goals for days, my man. Hair goals Funnily for enough, days. it's all covered in Detective D, isn't it? Because he has a funny hat on throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I didn't like the film that much because of that reason. Blasphemy! No other reason apart that? from that, yeah. Too many hats, too many hats. <laughs> not, not enough hair in that one. It was a good movie, yeah, it was solid. Choi Hark, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it was nice and nice and fun. Weird, bit weird, weird CGI going on in there, but I think it was... Mm. Quite suited to the kind of fantastical kind of you know mystery uh, adventure kind of feel yeah. of it. So it was fun. I remember it. I can't remember a lot about it, but I remember having a good time with it. Very good yeah. popcorn film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There was yeah. a second one as well, wasn't there? I think, or with somebody else, or with somebody else directing prequel. maybe, or prequel, prequel. Yeah, with yeah. Andy in it as well, or not? No, or, no. Probably won't see that then. I don't watch films without Andy Lau in them. <laughs> well considering his filmography you can just watch Andy Lau movies for the rest of your life man because you have so many to choose from man. So, 100% uh, but question 2 on Hong Kong uh, and this is multiple choice so uh, this uh, you know all uh, you all got a shot so this is multiple choice Ken uh, just, just, just to go around the details um, are some of these are some of these multiple choice or all these multiple choice uh, some here and there not many just uh, so some. the first one was not multiple choice that I just I jumped in at the correct time yeah you're, you're correct you're correct okay okay that's fine just not another roles because obviously this is really important it is it is and, and thank you for for asking because cl- clarification is important question two yes. definitely so, multiple choice. Can uh, is this question two? Shut. <laughs> Minus one point. Yeah. I've just lost that one. <laughs> Do you feel like the substitute teacher? You know, we're all razzing you. He, he, well, he, one is throwing spitballs at me constantly. Right, exactly. Uh, 
Uh, okay, guys. Question two. Multiple choice. On the theme of hair and work ethic, our favorite Hong Kong actors throughout the decades have sported some wonderful hair, ranging from perms to long manes of manly hair. But how many movies did Simon Yam do in 1993 alone? Was it A, 28, B, 16, C, 31? I'll give it a shot. Todd. Okay. Go on, Todd. Hello? Yeah. Hello? I, I lost Hello? I lost well, why are you for your <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost in space. 31, I said. That is incorrect, I'm afraid. Okay. Oh. Well, I, did, I don't know, so that's fair. <laughs> Do I take, can I take a stab? Use, Tom, the, name, you uh, use the rules Tom properly. Williams. Yes. Tom Kim Williams. Um, but what was the question again? No, what was the answer? You lost the moment. You lost the moment. You lost the moment. Paul. Paul, do you want to have a stab at this? I'll say B16. You're right. You're right. Oh, B16, mama. Yay. (laughs) Which sounds rather... (laughs) When I counted those 1993 movies, I'm 16? It can't be that (laughs) little, but obviously it's crazy that you uh, log that many credits. Uh, You must be constantly tired. We're working that way. The sad thing is I have a Pony's filmography right here on my wall that I could have referred to, but, you know, whatever. It's a shame. I actually had HKMDB up, and I actually had Simon <laughs> Yant's filmography up, and I still managed to not answer the question correctly. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we, we can play a special bonus round involving no points then, so... Uh... I actually Ooh, have Simon yeah. Yam right here. I could have Oh, okay. Asked. Put him on, put him on, Todd. <laughs> Get him on, mate. <laughs> yeah. So answering the next question for me is Simon Yam. <laughs> well, the bonus round, therefore, uh, Todd, w- would you have a stab at how, how many movies Simon Yam is credited for in total on HKMDB? Like, uh, Dude, I aced this. I aced this last time, can ask me. Does it have to be, like, exact? or No, just no, no it's just a no points bonus uh, bonus thing. So I can give you a clue. It's, uh, it's over 100. Are you, are you saying IM, IMDb or are you saying HKMDb? You're H- talking about his American H- films H- as well. HKMDb. So only you're talking only Cantonese, obviously, or Mandarin films. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to say 200 to 250. Oh, that was very good. I uh, it's the count is 217 currently. Yeah. Woo! I'm nice. on the board, right? Or was that just a top board? So. Yeah, uh-huh. it, wasn't, it wasn't exact enough for a point, Todd. That's that's I'd say okay. about yeah. If 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 Tom gets any uh, point deductions, then I'll give it to Todd. Obviously. Oh, all right. What? <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. Bring them on. You can't do that, Ken. You're just making the rules up now. Well, uh, if you're a rowdy bunch and don't respect Lord Quizmaster, then that's what happens. <laughs> Listen, my, you, you're going to hear about this from my mom next parents' night. You're going to hear about this, all right? Substitute, substitute. Blawson, second time winning, there you go, did it again. Well, well, well. next question is for adults, actually. It's a, it has an adult theme, an adult theme, so... It's good to include the parents, yeah. Exactly, so this is a question for, for the parents, essentially, and fans of Giant Fat, right? So, Hong Kong actors, they start somewhere, and they may have a sordid history in terms of movies they appeared in. As Simon Yam and Anthony Wong had no problems killing people and showing their butts on screen. But, true or false? 
This is a true or false question. Has Chayun Fat ever appeared in a pornographic movie? Todd. Todd? Yes. You're right. Yes. You're right. It's true. It's true. But he kind of hasn't at the same time. Because what this is, it's he made an old movie in the 70s before he became a star called Their Private Lives. I read that that later came out with hardcore pornographic yeah. inserts. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, a, I have heard that as well, Ken. Yeah. So obviously it had nothing to do with Chinese fat, but someone had the bright idea to take some ran, some anonymous Chinese drama, and insert that into it. It happens. Look what happened with uh, Stallone's first film as well. Was it Ke- Kevin and yeah, Stallone? The Italian Stallion. The Italian. Yeah. Yeah, I think they he shot it like a softcore and they inserted hardcore scenes into it afterwards. I think when he became famous, I've obviously seen both versions. Sadly, I haven't found their private lives in any version yet, but um, I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt. Nice, man. So Let me know when you do. It's uh, this weekend's Lee's material. That We can have a really awkward viewing party. <laughs> Over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Like, I'm not excited. Are you excited? I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's definitely one for the uh, to have the webcam on. <laughs> Uh, next question, the fourth out of five questions in during round one. It's exciting already. So, Jackie Chan put his life on the line for our Ooh. cinematic Jackie Chan. You know that guy that says some things about uh, China every now and right, again? The guy, the guy <laughs> who did that movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, the I, know celebrity. I know Jackie Chan. But he put his life on the line for our cinematic pleasure uh, multiple times, but... In what country did the accident on the Armor of God set happen that nearly Tom. took his life? Let me finish the question first. Okay. Is it multiple choice? No. Okay. So, okay, Tom. Oh, oh are you finished? Yes. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to do that again? Nope, no, you, 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 have, you, have, you have the floor. So, what country uh, was he in when he, uh, when he cracked his head open? It was New Zealand? That's not what I have. That's wrong. Oh. So... Who's next? Who want to feel that one? It sounds like a it's, uh, it sounds like a trick question. It is. It is not. Uh, it is not. Oh, it's not. Okay, Taiwan. That's incorrect as well. He went um, around the globe. He went to somewhere in Europe. I think oh, we can classify Tom. that is no. You can't have two chances. So, Paul, have another go. Nope. Paul, Aww. do you have any idea of who uh, uh, where he was? I'll guess uh, Italy. No, I'm afraid not. I have Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, but Yugoslavia nonetheless. That's where he jumped uh, off the wall and uh, tried to catch the branch, and then everything went tits up after that. And the camera caught it all. Yugoslavia, was it a sci-fi movie? No, that's that's Romania, I'm sorry. <laughs> not a new Ebola uh, movie. <laughs> that was oh, okay. <laughs> no, so uh, that was the intro to Armor of God, uh, that adventure sequence with uh, all the tribes uh, men and things like that. Uh, or, or at least that sequence where he jumps from the wall to the tree. That was in Yugoslavia. So uh, that's what uh, we nearly lost him there. So. See, I We're thought you were going to follow up the the Chow Yun Fat porn question with a Jackie Chan porn question. I thought you were going to say that, yeah. I literally <laughs> thought you were going to say that. What's the title of the film or something? It would have been way too obscure, but he is in a Shaw Brothers erotic movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he, he doesn't have such scenes in it. Uh, the Golden Lotus. Family, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, is that the alternate title, Ken? 
No, All in the Family was a latter one. that he di- I, I believe he did have a sex scene in that one. It's a Golden Harvest star comedy thingy. But uh, Golden Lotus, he has a supporting role and he dies uh, 10 minutes in or something. So. Yeah. Uh, so, final question on the Hong Kong side here. So, no one got that one. I thought that was a shooing. <sighs> uh, everybody would have like, Yugoslavia, boom. But uh, nevertheless, we're at the fifth question of the Hong Kong round. We know Donnie Yen can and has scrapped with many in Hong Kong, China, internationally as Ip Man about a hundred times, but what Guillermo del Toro movie did he have a supporting role in? Oh, uh, man. Hellboy. Well, it's wrong and you didn't say your name. (laughs) It's wrong and you didn't say your name. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad I didn't waste that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So which was the Donnie Yen movie internationally directed by Guillermo del Toro that he had a supporting role in? Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Tom. Tom. Yes, sir. Blade 2. That's correct. Yes. Uh, he has no line in the movie, I believe. He's all... I, can't, I cannot remember him being a year. I think he did, he did uh, yeah, rolling. I think he did the stunt work as well on it, or the fight choreography, I think. He might have. If I remember him right, yeah. It's, a, it's ages ago now, so it's an early Donnie Yen uh, appearance. Might have been around the same time he did Shanghai Nights. So he was in that with Jackie, so... Which was a much longer, which is a much longer fight scene in the original cut, as far as I know, which I've, I've read up about. Yeah, it was quite. I mean, I think the full version was at one point on YouTube, so I think it was quite cut down for the the film itself. But it went on to like kind of Hong Kong lengths of you know being a real meaty fight scene, and then they cut it down for the uh, for the release. As far if, if I'm not just completely making that up. Well, well, it has happened before that uh, yeah, when uh, when they don't control their edits, like Jackie Chan often controlled his own edits and. When someone else was brought in, for instance, during the protector, well, it wasn't just the edit that was uh, something Jackie didn't like. He reshot uh, at least one entire fight scene for the protector, and boy, does it show in terms of the quality and editing and things like that. So, uh, I'm uh, happy to say, uh, after the first round, we've got Paul on one point, Todd on one point, and Tom on two points in the, in the lead after the Hong Kong round. So, uh, are we ready for the next round, which is Korea? South Korea, that is. Not North Korea. I know nothing about North Korean cinema other than Pulgasar. <laughs> That's it. So I did a... <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like a North Korean cycling movie that was awfully uh, propaganda in style. I know that as what? well. It, what it's... is that? A recent film? Uh, Sounds 10, bizarre. 15 years ago, maybe. Uh, oh, so, okay. somewhat okay. recent. Uh, Interesting. But uh, not made by a kidnapped director presumably oh not made by kid oh okay oh not interested in that one then that's my favorite genre <laughs> what directors director that are kidnapped yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, i wish there were more <laughs> so how, how's everybody's um korean exposure do, do you at all paul uh, pursue any korean movies uh, amidst your uh, viewing habits nowadays all, all of my answers will be either my sassy girl or junji hoon so uh. <laughs> Kind of all you need to know as well, if you uh, at least like an, uh, as a way in to South Korean cinema, pursue Jun Ji Hyun and and go to YouTube and watch like hundreds of commercials because she was a gal that did commercials like you read about yeah. as well, mm-hmm. uh, really uh, iconic uh, commercials even. So it's uh, kind of fascinating. If these are going to be films made within the last thirty years, I'm probably going to be at sea because most of the Korean films I've written about were. 
like sixties and seventies movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you even mm-hmm. um, you even um, I, I found when I did uh, uh, did Google searches for reviews and things for the movie A Blood First Killer. You reviewed that on your blog. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I wrote that this year. I think mm-hmm. I wrote about that. Mm. Neat little black and white, uh, freaky surreal horror movie. And uh, yeah, we, we we seem to be um, have the same opinion of it that it was kind of um, kind of fun to see. A movie being so freaky <laughs> from Korea and uh, spooky as well. I've also written about Kim Hee Duck's uh, movies, like uh, there's one called Woman After. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember. Something about a deadly butterfly or something. Very strange movies. It, it's the uh, it's the old uh, Kim Ki Duck, not the director of The Isle, but the old Kim Ki Duck. Right. Yeah, so the, yes, Kim Ki Duck. You know, Mach One. Director of Yongari. <laughs> That was him as well, Kim Ki Duck. Mm. Oh, is that? Oh, was that the same Kim Ki Duck? Yeah. Wow. His little uh, monster movie, uh, monster movie uh, sidetrack. Yeah. Right. That's where the monster dies, bleeding out of its butt. <laughs> what a way to go out. Yeah. I know, like fatal hemorrhoids. Fatality. Fatal diarrhea. That could yeah. be. A, that could be a film. That could fatal diarrhea. That sounds good. That does. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing it sounds like a, a lover kind of spurned kind of relationship psychosexual drama I'll yeah. probably go for that one that's what I get from that title starring yeah. Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig Kristen Wiig yeah <laughs> and Adam Adam Sandler at any rate uh, Paul Paul was onto something there because the first question involves Jun Ji Hyun the star of The Sassy Girl The Sassy Girl herself and she is admired for her beauty and acting including in the 2000 movie Il Mare but what was the name of the American remake of Il Mare? Hmm. Paul. Paul? Uh, the Lake House. That is correct. Oh, nice one, Paul. Nice one, Starring uh, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves, but not a repairing of those two that apparently was like, it was pretty much slammed, as far as I remember, the Lake House. Not just by Korean cinema fans, but... Not well received. It was like speed, but shit. <laughs> yeah, it was like speed but slow. <laughs> it's just called slow. <laughs> yeah, you've seen speed. Right. Now you see slow. Yeah. I, 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 always, I always think it's called the mailbox. That movie. When I think of it, that Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock oh, in the mailbox, yeah, but yeah. it's the lake house. <laughs> the house that Dennis Hopper built. That was that was the title. <laughs> was, it? was in the working title. That was I think. Yeah, guys, guys, I'm just I'm not shitting you. I don't interrupt. But I've literally I've got the TV on in the background, muted. And a heavenly Christmas has just came on Hallmark Aww. Channel Christmas Christmas movie. <laughs> I am not shitting you. It's on TV right now, dude. I can't escape from it. It's just it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. It's everywhere I go. <laughs> wow. It's like Hal. Hal has uh, became become the ghost in the machine. Like, what are you doing, Tom? Why aren't you watching <laughs> Hallmark? <laughs> uh, it's like Kit, but like awful. You will be haunted by three Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's like TV. Put something else on that's not nothing to do with Hallmark or Christmas. I can't do that. (laughs) And the thing is, Tom is not turning the TV off either, so clearly there is something in the machine. No, it's on. It's on. It's on. Before I ask the next question, question, we we all know the director, Park Chan-wook, right? The director of uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Old Boy. We're kind of semi-familiar with his name, right? Yeah. Cool? Yeah. Cool. Yep. 
Yes. Cool. Yes. So, so the second question. question. No, no. I what just wanted it? to really uh, <laughs> do a brief check-in and prepare you for the following question. I love how we just all, if we all got a point for that, just for knowing who that one. <laughs> you're all familiar with him, yes. One point each. Good work, guys. Yeah, really. It's a, it shows you're all cultural for heaven's sake. So why not? Oh, God. Can you using that word too much, man? It's the word, <laughs> word of this the day. podcast got nothing to do with cultural. Yeah, I don't know what that means in this context. Yeah. I feel like I'm on Pee-wee's Playhouse, but with some mad Swede one things say, say, save that language for this weekend's lease please okay <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate uh prepare yourself for the following question what's your favorite out of the park chan Walker revenge trilogy that includes sympathy for mr vengeance old boy and lady vengeance what's your favorite is this a question as well just follow follow what i'm saying tom what's your favorite out of the park chan Walker revenge trilogy that includes sympathy for mr vengeance old boy and Lady Vengeance. I think probably... Say, say your name if you want to answer oh, something. Yep, what? Yeah, you have the floor. So now I've got to say my name if I want to give an opinion. Ken, you go mad with power. No, man. I thought you were going to answer something. You rowdy. Ken, uh, he's, he's gone off the rails. Is this man. the question? I don't know. So, hold on. Hold if on. you don't is have an answer, Tom, then don't, don't bring it to the table. I, it is, I, is this a question? Yes, it is the Wait, question. Like a, so, t- for a point, Todd, what's my... Todd, Todd has the floor. Yeah. Well, no, I think it, I, is one of the films you listed not part of the Vengeance trilogy. Like you they're said, all, they're all Vengeance. part. They're all part of the Vengeance trilogy. So okay, okay, because I thought the full title was Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is. It is too. I okay. just used. So so you're wrong, Ken. You are wrong. Minus one. Uh, Ken loses a point. Yeah, Ken loses points. Ken. Yeah, I think someone else needs to be host. Change it up. Yeah. We're going to take a point off your mohawk. <laughs> so, Todd, do you, you still have the floor? Yep, step, step. Oh, I'm still... Okay, uh, well, Old Boy is my favorite. That's the correct answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, Points. No, 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 no. I don't know what's going on here. What is going on? All right. Ken, well, you've had too much of that beverage you've been drinking. That's just... It's gone to your head, man. I took a, a page out of Mike Banner's book because he asked a question like that. Uh, who's your favorite? Aaron Kwok or Ekin Cheng? And we were like, uh, <laughs> Ken, Ekin Cheng? That's correct. <laughs> so it, it's sort of the last of the cheeky questions. Okay. But uh, good work. You got it. You got it. Here's a third question that's uh, normal. So say no multiple choice, no true or false. It's just uh, perfectly factual. Uh, so on the subject of remakes again, The Quiet Family by director Kim Ji-woon was a late 90s favorite out of South Korea. But in what country was the musical remake of The Quiet Family produced? I'm not looking for the title. I'm looking for the country of production. And Todd has something to say. Japan. That is correct. Did you you know what the movie is called? That was the remake. of the Katakuris. Ah, the Tsukishimike film. I had no idea they were connected. I heard it's uh, certainly not... uh, beat by beat remake remade of the Kim Ji-woon's film because it's out if you're doing a musical out of a black comedy it sounds like you're going into your own direction but uh, I've yet to see um, either of the quiet it's great because we're having fun and I'm also learning my teaching instincts are coming out uh, (laughs) yeah they're coming out beautifully here you got your jacket with your shoulder pads on Is that something you, Paul, by the way, pursued? Like, like Kim Ji-won's like, late 90s movie, so you saw like his Arnie movie and Good, Bad, and the Weird and things like that? Or Yeah, I've seen a couple, but I'm not familiar with this one. Yeah, it's, a, it's also those guys that you um, 
that you came to familiarize yourself with during that boom in uh, South Korea, Song Kang Ho, is in it and so forth. And uh, uh, cool. is this pre No Blood, No Blood, No Tears? Is that the film? Is I don't remember what that? year that was, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, no blood, no tears. Four or something? No, then it's definitely because this is ninety-eight or ninety-nine. Uh, Interesting. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one from him. No, we'll have to get on that. Mm. So the fourth question in the Korean category, and it's a plot summary, and you're gonna guess what movie this matches. Okay. Cool. So it's uh, for a 1999 Korean action thriller, and uh, it, the summary goes as follows: South Korean agents Ryu and Lee are tracking a female assassin from North Korea who has mysteriously disappeared. With new killings and the theft of a deadly bomb, time is running out to catch her. What movie am I talking about? Paul? Paul? I can't remember. Is it called Siri? No. Siri? No. I'm going to give you that one because you're thinking of the right one. It's a movie called Shiri. Oh, man. I literally had that on the tip of my tongue. Me too. The first sort of big... Korean Korean new wave actioner that showed they are a commercial power, uh, yeah. so to say. Yeah. It, it's sort of throwaway because it is an action piece and not this layered drama, but it is important, like you read about, because without yeah. Shiri, commercialism in that wave of Korean movies would not, you know, the developments would not be the same as uh, as what happens, you know, as what happened subsequently. We got JSA and the likes afterwards. Uh, and uh, the Vengeance trilogy, and uh, quite family, of course. Uh, so uh, I believe uh, Choi Min Sik uh, was in that one, one of his first breakout roles before Old Boy as well. And five, fifth and final question in the Korean category: We know actor Lee Byung Hun is the hunkiest of them all, but he was criminally <laughs> hidden underneath a mask, partly in the GI Joe movies. What was his character's name? Oh man, Tom. Oh, I think two people said <laughs> who who called out. It was Tom and Paul. Paul it was Paul. Paul, you go because I was just going to give a joke answer. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> was it uh, Snake Eyes? That's not the name I have. I'm afraid. So. No, I get it. That's, so, that's, 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 uh, do you have an actual answer, Tom? That you want to that you want to throw? No, up? I was just I was just going to say mask. <laughs> Is it mask? Would have been awesome. It would be great. It, like... it was. <laughs> Todd, do you have uh, any idea what Lee Byung Hun's uh, character from Dead? Uh, big Gun. No. <laughs> the Cobra or something. Cobra. No, Co- Cobra was the villain in uh, the villain sort of a uh, uh, empire. He was called Storm Shadow. Cobra Kai. Oh, he's yeah, the white. Snake he's the white ninja, right? Ninja. Yes, sir. Snake Snake Eyes is the black ninja. If I'm remembering uh, the ninjas correctly. I only saw the first movie and they sort of introduced Cobra something something at the end as, oh my god, the villain of part two. And I never pursued part two uh, for some reason because I liked G.I. Joe. For some reason I thought that was fun and he was good. Lee Byung-hun, very comfortable with the English and uh, uh, mostly underneath the mask, but uh, you obviously saw him every now and again. But uh, yeah, Storm Shadow. That's two rounds done and uh, it's exciting. Paul has three points. Todd has three points. Tom, you didn't How? get any this round. Ah. Two, still at two. So you guys, the Americans passed. One of my points is for saying that um, Old Boy was my favorite. <laughs> exactly, movie, exactly. So, it yeah. counts. It counts. So that's a little dubious, but okay, okay I'll, I'll take it. This is twisted. You shall. You shall. Japanese cinema. I'm sure we uh, dabble in in our viewing habits every now and again. Whether it's uh, uh, old movies, new movies, whether it's live movies, whether it's anime. Uh, I try to cover 
anime and classics and uh, and kaiju movies at the best of my abilities but there's so many movies to choose from but uh, i've put together some mixtures of uh, of live action and anime if you will so hopefully this comes through and and by the way i i didn't say this before if anyone needs a break not a break to look up uh, <laughs> look up answers <laughs> obviously <laughs> if anyone needs a break just let me know we'll uh we'll we could go and go right when the uh, the lunch bell goes or are you giving us you giving us free free breaks here again i don't have the the, the thing i had during the 09 uh trivia anymore <laughs> then i could use that <laughs> It's a fire alarm, shit, scout. <laughs> so question one for the Japanese category containing both questions connected to live movies and anime. And the first one is about anime. So it's about Studio Ghibli as well. So the story goes that once a Studio Ghibli producer sent a katana to Miramax uh, with a note attached to it saying no cuts, meaning that there will be no edits to our movie. Which one of their 90s anime movies was this in reference to? Tom, Princess Mononoke. Oh, you're very correct. Yes. And awesome. it eventually did, I think, I, I don't remember this, if Miramax actually put it out on cut or it actually passed to Disney. I think by now it has passed to Disney. What hasn't passed to Disney these days? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Are they going to finally make their Fantastic Four movie now that uh, Fox has been bought, bought up? Out. I can't believe that film. Like, I didn't even think, didn't even know that existed until the other day. Like, someone just told me about it. Like, that thing just came and went. They're like, oh, you know, that was that Fantastic Four film from a couple of years ago. I was like, no. Like, what are you talking about? Like, which one's it, this? It like, got rev- a lot of reviews saying it was the worst movie of the year at the oof. time. It got just, it got flayed. And didn't they do two two ones like fifteen years ago? And two, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, yeah there's Jessica like, Alba uh, and uh, Captain uh, America as the Human Torch. That right. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And 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 they 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 weren't well received then either, or they just been forgotten to time. I thought the commercially they they did well, didn't they? For, for yeah, I think at they, least the first one did. They were okay. I, they were kind of like the early Spider Mans, you know. They weren't yeah. fully vested in the whole idea of a big universe. No, I think those. I think a lot of films, the superhero films, those initial ones, are dated quite badly because I think the Spider-Man trilogy is dated a bit in my eyes now. To be honest, and I'm assuming the same thing with the Fantastic Four film. Yeah, it, no, it's never something I pursued uh, because I'm, I'm I'm not very interested in in those movies anyway. But I know that they're, they're trying their very best. We got to make that break. We got to make the four break, and it's not working. It's not working, guys. Well, at least at least they weren't concerned about being dark, you know, and and going down that Batman route where everyone needs to be an emo if you're a superhero. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, at least they were kind of you know comic booky and you know light and stuff. Well, yeah. Sp- I just said that, and in Spider-Man three, so maybe that was the start of the emo superhero phase. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, those, words there, yeah. Those first two Fantastic Four movies, like the ones, well, the ones with Jessica Alba, were pretty. Yeah, they were pretty lightweight. They're all, mm. you know, they're sort of family friendly. And apparently, the last one they did that was an attempt to make it sort of dark, like it was like it super. Like it, yeah, super po-faced and super, you know, yeah, just, serious. I mean, just looking at that poster, I was just like, that is exactly what they were going for you can just tell yeah like, they're just like smoldering kind of rock right. in the background and shit and the sky is black and shit and i'm just like right. oh, no 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 and when you're not the yeah. only movie of that kind on the block then it's so hard yeah, to get far from it yeah yeah it's hard i feel like with a lot of them like especially ones that have been redone and redone um you know batman spider-man i feel like 
it, every time it comes around, they get one thing right or a couple of things right, and then the next time around, they get the kind of opposite things right. But then the, the stuff they got right the first time, they fuck up. So it's like <laughs> it's hard. Like I feel like I, I feel like that about the Spider-Man films. I feel like you know. Raimi did a lot of really good things with with his yeah. trilogy, but I feel like a lot of stuff was just kind of cringy and and you know a lot of it's kind of dated a bit badly. He didn't get everything kind of spot on. And then I feel with obviously the second time around with the Garfield films, I, I felt like a lot of it, you know, was bang on, but a lot of it was just again really bad, like emo kind of stuff. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Let yeah. me direct it. Come on, Hollywood, <laughs> I'll do it. Someone with no you know experience at all. Just the mm. fan. Let me let me get on it, man. And, and yeah. Peter Parker will be a cheery and cheeky chap. Definitely, mm. definitely. That's part of the persona. And I think I think um, you know yeah. I think Garfield got it right um, to an extent. With first, I think he got it right with actually the Spider-Man character, where I think Maguire didn't. Like I think he was, you know, his Spider-Man was a bit more kind of dour and you know not really kind of Spider-Man. Whereas. I think obviously with Garfield, I think he, he got a lot of it right, kind of bang on, especially with the kind of the aspects of Spider-Man when he's, you know, in costume and he's kind of wisecracking and stuff. Um, I think it was bang on, but yeah, the villain and the lizard and yeah, not not particularly great. And that second one was just completely forgettable. I saw that yeah. at the cinema and I just, I, can't, I literally cannot even remember a thing about it. With Jamie Foxx as somebody supposed to be Electro, but it's not Electro. It's some blue dude that's messing around with, you know, electricity and towers and stuff and <laughs> trying to tap your cell phone. I, I don't get it. Did you see this last one? Oh, no, on no, yeah. no. I, I still, I still, again, I, I forget about yeah. it. Like, I just, I, yeah. you know, I, I felt like I didn't want to go to the cinema and support it. You know, I've got to put no, that I understand. I felt yeah. like uh, being a you know a huge fan of the character, but I just felt like I'm so tired of it being rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. And I, yeah. I know this one isn't um, concentrating on kind of his origin and stuff. It's like his early days, but it's not all about his origin like the you know the, the kind of the initial the that initial was... one was. And the second time around was it's more kind of you know less based on that and more of its own original thing. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I want to see you know and I want to see it for Keaton as well. Like you know, I think um, I think he's got a good cast there, but. I didn't. It's I didn't okay. see the last Avengers either, so I, I don't. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen um, the fella's name uh, who plays Spider Man. What's his Tom, name? Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. I, yeah. I still haven't actually seen him kind of in costume yet, or we've we'll seen yeah. pictures, but I still haven't seen how he how he performs as as either Peter Parker or Spider Man. Right. So I'll get around to it, but yeah, yeah I'll probably I if it's the, on TV. I think the best thing that movie did is that they really. I mean, they condense the origin story down to like one line they didn't yeah. like waste the first half of them i'm so i mean who doesn't know you know who that cares doesn't know the origin of spider-man or batman i mean they still yeah. had to like do the origin of batman in the the justice league movie yeah, it's yeah. true. Which which fair play to so I think I think you know that's good. That is, but just you know another reboot with you know another set of characters and and uh, you know another Spider Man. It's just it's fatiguing. And I was just like, I just yeah. You know, there's got to be a point where I just say I'm not I'm not interested anymore in them. Keep doing this on and on and on. So yeah, yeah I'll catch you when it's on TV and I'll I'll get you guys my opinion then. <laughs> All right, we'll be waiting. <laughs> You're waiting for that, yeah? Okay, yeah. Switch the channel on the TV and try and see if they show Spider Man or thing. No, man, it's just just Hallmark movies. That's it. Nothing else. Every channel. Yeah. Hallmark Spider Man movie. I want that. That's my next thing. I want. <laughs> yeah, a Spider Man saves Christmas. Yeah. 
And for for the record, by the way, that that producer that sent that katana to Miramax, I think that's just a badass move, to be honest. That is awesome. Oh, absolutely. No cuts. It it, it wasn't Miyazaki, but it's it's the... I've forgotten his name, but it's one of the more frequent producers of Studio Ghibli movies. Mm. Um, uh, Oh, was it it not Miyazaki himself? I I think um, it's, it's his common producer that apparently uh well instructed someone to do it but uh regardless i think it's badass and he got and they got their way didn't they so you know I believe new so. voice I cast believe so. but yeah. yeah no goods uh well, well they got a star cast even for that one uh, so uh, uh which is good for the ghibli movies godzilla guys he has battled with many monsters throughout the years but which was his first opponent in the second godzilla movie godzilla raids again and this is multiple choice so Todd. just Multiple Tom, choice, multiple Tom, choice, oh, follow uh, the rules. Uh, oh, multiple choice, okay, <laughs> so, okay, so which was the first monster that Godzilla battled? Was it A, Mothra, B, Yongari, C, Anguirus? Tom, Anguirus. Anguirus. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought that was that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Todd, Ken? Sorry, I didn't know I didn't, what happened there. Well, well, well. Todd didn't use his name initially because he uh, and and he didn't let me finish the question. So I gotta be strict and hard here. Tom waited for once, and Tom is right. He was Anguirus. <laughs> this is a shamble. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kind of. It's, Ken, it's, it's... Ken, you are valiantly holding it together. Lord Quizmaster, Special K, Sweethawk, at your service. Entropy has set in. Yeah. Very well done. This next one isn't multiple choice, and it's uh, again. I try to make this inclusive and very easy. It's uh, the only theme I have because, God, I've, let's make it easy. Let, let, let's do a bunch of questions on remix, and this is another one connected to Japan. Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai was famously remade into what western from 1960? Todd. Todd. Todd, Todd was first there. Todd, yeah. The Magnificent Seven. That is correct. Nice. nice Saw that for the first time recently. Never seen it before. And it was quite uh, solid. And I never yeah. even knew they did a bunch of sequels as well, despite some of yeah, the loads. seven dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you I saw did... the, the old one or the new one, Ken? Uh, the, the old one, the Ulbrin okay. one. Yeah. And a lot of, the, uh, you know, how many Turkish ripoffs as well of that one? <laughs> right. Loads and loads and loads. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the mediocre seven, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the average seven. <laughs> yeah. The passable seven. <laughs> the adequate seven. <laughs> any Bollywood uh, remakes uh, at the top of your head? Yeah, probably. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Kotsuke. Ooh. Yeah. Any good? Yeah, it's it's a it's one of the better uh, Bollywood westerns, definitely. I did want to harken back to my wrong answer on that Godzilla <laughs> question because not only did I not say my name, but my <coughs> my answer was Baragon, and Baragon is a Gamera villain. Yes, it is. So it was <laughs> Gamera's first opponent. <laughs> yeah, so. It's my favorite Gamera movie because it's the last one that's dark before they turned fully childish uh baragon is uh has some dark crap in that one people people are mean to each other in that one. Oh, that's right did you, ever, yeah. did you ever check out the 90s uh series of gamma films yes, those are they yeah, they're awesome they're awesome yeah. yeah i think they're my yeah. favorite ones yeah cool next question is one of those uh japanese uh profiles that has a vast filmography so uh, you're all gonna have a guess i suppose it's not multiple choice i'll let the entire room have a guess uh, a ballpark figure right and whoever's closest then wins right. the point so right. how many movies have 
Takashi Miike of Ichi the Killer fame directed. Uh, note that the official number in this case includes his TV and director video movies as well that are still famous to a degree. So yeah. it's, a, it's a ballpark figure. Don't need to get it specifically correct. So let's go around the room. How many movies, Paul, do you think Takashi Miike have directed in uh, a ballpark figure, if you will? Uh, I'll say 35. 35. Paul, Tom... How many movies do you think Takashi Miike of Each of the Killer Fame and Happiness of the Categories, we already mentioned him, have directed? I'm going to say 104. And that is because I know there was a lot of video stuff they directed. And if you're counting that, I think yeah. the number's going to be quite high. And, and in this case, I am, because people want to acknowledge that as well. Uh, yeah, those yeah. movies get sold to the West and things like that. Todd, yeah, what's yeah. your guess? Well, I know, yeah, like Tom say, he's insanely prolific. So I'm going to say 150. The number that I found is 102 and counting. Yes! Oh, oh yes. Good, good, good effort, though, guys. The thing is, I realized after I wrote this question that he has a movie out now that they're promoting as his 100th movie. So that means he has movies in the pipeline, right? Uh, Blade of the Immortal, apparently, is the official 100th mm. movie released. But um, I didn't know that at the time I wrote that question, so... I really dig his kind of recent output that he's been getting more into kind of the, you know, traditional Japanese cinema, the kind of samurai stuff. Because what was the, yeah. the remake he did um, from a couple of years ago? Uh, so the Assassins. Really, yeah. Yeah, really, really enjoyed um, that, that was one. Very, um, yeah. Really enjoyed that one, yeah. Is his stuff too out there for you, Paul, in terms of uh, Takashi Miki? Because he is famous for making violent movies and quirky, odd movies to a degree as well. Because he bounces around. I mean, I loved yeah. Yatterman because I, I loved yeah. the, the anime and, and his take, which was both trying to be honest but also satirical, uh, I thought was great. So, you know, I gravitate towards, you know, the genres that he works on that I'm interested in, but I certainly mm-hmm. haven't seen a large, uh, large swash of his work. And there is a chance you'll encounter a genre that you're interested in because he indeed jumps back and forth and... If you uh, fall asleep one night and you wake up the other night, uh, uh, wake up the morning after, five new movies announced. <laughs> he's got, I think he's, he's a director that annoys me and impresses me in equal amounts. It's very, yeah, my relationship with Mika is a bit odd, but not not that we have a personal relationship, but I'm talking about like, watching his films. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like some, some stuff just... I mean, he's a very punk rock director, isn't he? And, and I think he, you know, some of the stuff he puts on screen is it's like you know, snarling and kind of visceral and kind of in your face. And you know, it's kind of a big you know, f you to to people, you know, who are kind of watching it. You know, it's that kind of attitude. And I can get I can get down with some of it. Uh, I think his 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 black trilogy is it um, the kind of uh, the, the kind of cop. Uh, like, like Black Society. Black Tri- yeah, Black Tri- Sorry, sorry, yeah. And, and those that... are video movies, but I know those are liked, so therefore I included them in the count. Yeah, you know what I mean? Course, like, they're not yeah, obscure. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, I've not seen many, but I remember saw, I saw Dead or Alive, or Dead and Alive trilogy. Uh, ooh, that was out there. And it was sort of yeah. p- punk rock, because the first one ends with two of the characters and their fight, and essentially the whole earth blows up because the fight is so massive. <laughs> That's the only thing that can happen. <laughs> and and then in the third one, he calls a lot of Hong Kong actors. I think Josie Ho and Terence Yin are in Dead or Alive mm. 3. Right, so it's all... Uh, it's pretty cool how he, uh, he uh, goes back and forth. Uh, I, I might be wrong. I can swear... I saw Edison Chen in Dead or Alive 2. <laughs> he just popped up for a second. Yeah, he wasn't in is it he that credited? much. Have you checked it? Is he credited? 
I I I am I I haven't checked it. I just thought of it now. But uh, it was uh, pops up with a video camera. <laughs> like, I'll store it on my laptop. <laughs> uh, don't worry, it's only for my personal private use. Yeah. No one will see it. Yeah, I'm looking online right now, and yes, indeed, he's credited in Dead or ah, Alive 2 Birds. Uh, yeah. He photobombs the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Edison in the background again? God damn click, it! Click, 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 click. He's doing, uh, you know, he's doing upskirt shots uh, in the Japanese uh. tradition. Uh, all right, yeah, another guy that I, um, uh, I I like Mickey, but I have lots to explore. But another guy I really like is Beat Takeshi Kitano. Was, mm. uh, the only yeah. good thing about Ghost in the Shell uh, as a little side sidetrack, <laughs> the live live action version of Ghost in the Shell, Takeshi Kitano rocked in that one, but the movie was uh, not good, very very bland. But uh, my question about Beat Takeshi Kitano, if you know his cinema at least in the nineties, he has thrilled us with violent outbursts in movies and also quirky offbeat humor. But which nineteen ninety five cyberpunk movie did we see the man speak? English in Tom. Oh, oh that was tricky. Was that? I'm, I'm gonna give Tom that one. <laughs> uh, join the monic. You are correct, sir. But it was only. Is it just in the Japanese cut though, or has he got more scenes in Japanese cut? More scenes in the Japanese cut. Yep, yep. That movie is actually okay. It's not great, but it's, it's kind fun, of man. ninety it's minutes so and done and over it's with. So and, yeah. Is that the one where I see plays like a kangaroo person? Well, he's a cyberpunk terrorist kind of thing. He breaks into the oh, telev- okay. television signals and uh, all of that. So I saw it in the cinema at the time because Keanu, uh-huh. man, Keanu, <laughs> cyberpunk yeah, is the I new wild the thing. And, uh, also, Dolph Lundgren and a cyborg dolphin, so you can't Yes. <laughs> Ken, do you, Ken, as a trivia question to you, let's let's flip the table, shall we? Oh, my Should we have a little flip? Ken, what anime does Johnny Mnemonic use portions of? I don't know. I don't remember. Ooh. I don't know, actually. I just know that it does. <laughs> I don't have the answer. It's a trick question. But yeah, it does. Yeah. I can't remember now. I think it's Demon City Shinjuku. I think. The uh, Yoshiaki Kawajiri joins. I saw that a few um, months ago and Johnny Mnemonic like a year or two before, so I wouldn't have oh, yeah. been able to pick up on that. But uh, well, well, well spotted. And uh, um, I'm a fan of that director, the director of uh, Wicked City. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. One. Uh, that concludes the Japanese section. Where uh, you're breaking up a little in terms of points here. Tom has pulled ahead to six points. Yeah. Todd wow. is in second place with four, and Paul is in third place with three. Yay! Come on, Paulie, you can do it, man. Come on. So we're getting to the next last category here. It might get a little bit hard, or it might be super easy. I don't know, but uh, these are a mixture of. All things we've talked of, uh, Hollywood, Korea, Japan, Hong Kong. And so they're random in, in a way, but uh, they have to do with Asian directors uh, working in Hollywood, but not necessarily what the movies were called that they made. It's Those are not the questions necessarily. But we start with John Woo, and he made his American debut with Hard Target. Speaking of Sam Raimi, I believe Sam Raimi was there to take over if John Woo didn't work out they had him on standby yeah, oddly enough yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and i think it makes sense because you can see ted raimi in hard target uh <laughs> yeah. so he, he was about anyway john woo made his u.s debut with hard target starring jean-claude van damme but what reportedly highly laughable accent was wilford brimley attempting in the film hard target oh paul 
Cajun. That, that's right. That's right. And apparently, I don't have the reference for that, but apparently, it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen it, Ken? I have, but I have no reference for how a Cajun accent sounds. Oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think I just assumed he was he was a southern dude. Yeah, well, that's that's the accent he was going for. It's like uh, someone speaking with a French accent, but with marbles in their mouth, basically. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, it's got that kind of French thing going on as well. Yeah, yeah. it was just it was just Lance. It was just Lance. Like, that's <laughs> that's just kind of how I saw it. That's you know, I don't think he was. I don't think he was trying anything anything special there. Well, uh, it's uh, part of a very, very fun movie, Hot Target. I, I have uh, so much love for it. Um, especially have you seen the work print yet, Ken? Uh, not the work print, but I have the unrated Blu-ray, so yeah. at least I have the longest official one. But uh, yeah. it's it's fun from like 30, 40 minutes and onwards. It's all John Woo. And the first third is more Jean-Claude and his stuff, um, which, which is weaker. Uh, you know, has grown weaker over time, but the rest of the movie kicks ass. Yeah, I think in that respect, it's quite a successful um, hybrid of the of the kind of Hong Kong uh, style, and you know, the, the and the, the kind of martial arts kind of kickboxing style as well of the of the nineties. So I think so, especially think with so. with American cinema. So I think in that respect, it's you know, in terms of a Hong Kong director helming helming an American film, I think it's you know very successful. And it was cool to see some uh, hard-boiled uh, uh, replays, but in a U.S. movie, uh, because the ending has some shots that you recognize from uh, from hard-boiled. But it helps that, you know, John had Philip Kwok as the mad dog in hard-boiled, and in Hard Target he got someone who also relished his uh, bad guy role. Uh, Arnold Voslo, is it? Roslo or Voslo, uh, the guy who was the mummy. Uh, subsequently, he's great. Yeah, I think in the Hard pronunciation. Target. Yeah, I don't know what the pronunciation is there, man. Yeah. But yeah, that dude's cool. Uh, so that was John Woo, and what followed uh, was another director making his US debut, also starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that was Sue Warriors from the Magic Mountains, Choi Hak, who made his US debut with the award-winning Double Team, starring <laughs> JCVD and uh, Dennis Rodman, friend of uh, Kim Jong-un, <laughs> for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you know your award season, what prestigious award ceremony do you think Double Team was part of. I'm not asking for the award, but what award ceremony was it uh, awarded during? Tommy? Uh, Golden Raspberries? That's correct. Yay. Ah. What, can, can you guess the category? They always have yeah, like, like fleeting categories. So. To be honest. And, and obviously, I don't think it's any, you know, it, I don't think it's kind of a good representation of the film, but obviously, I think it's a classic, but a lot of people have problems with it. But I think it was Worst Picture worst act acting from a lead performance worst uh, backup performance as well maybe from raw yeah. I don't well know. well uh, it's worst on-screen couple even <laughs> so oh, okay which <laughs> would be jcvd and dennis rodman i i think knockoff holds up better versus double team in terms of choi hack's jcvd adventure maybe it's the hong kong connection in knockoff because a lot of people are yeah. in it uh, but uh, i i kind of like that uh uh, do, do you have an opinion on that, Paul? Uh, Choi Hacks, JCVD output, uh, which one do you prefer? Uh, it's been so long since I've seen both of them. Um, I just remember liking Hard Target much more than uh, any of the Choi Hark stuff. So, Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I mean, if you talk double team and, and what happens to it, it's in it. It's Yeah, that sounds fun, but I, I don't remember having as much fun as when you list things in it. Uh, but uh, still... It's one of those that 
it might sort of, so to say, grow over time in an unintentional way. That uh, now that you have twenty-two years or so after its yeah. release, maybe maybe you're not as uh, locked into it as much. Like in terms of, oh, Joy Hack is making his US debut; it's going to be awesome. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't kind of have that head on you to kind of watch the film, do you? It's almost like a you know a curiosity now, rather than kind of something that's you know there there you're kind of waiting for to, to come out so it's definitely i think i think they're great time capsules of, of the 90s as well like they definitely got that kind of mad flavor to them and and they're definitely very very much joy hawk films as opposed to you know hard target is very much a john Woo film so i think it's good that you got to you know work with both um van damme and and give a kind of you know different sides of his performance because he's definitely a lot more comedic you know in those in those two films with choice so and he's a bit more kind of stone-faced in hard target so it's cool man it's a foreign thing when you think back on the fact that, and, and I'm not knocking Jean-Claude because he, he's coming back in a big way, but 20 mm. years ago or so, he was at the top, man. Every movie, big time world, massive platform release. And nowadays it isn't like that, but I think he's gotten better as a performer over the years. I liked him in the movie JCVD and reported Yeah, that was really good. That series that has either debuted or is going to debut uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson is apparently yeah. qu- quite awesome and I know you Paul really dug the pilots of uh, yes yeah. um, the pilot I thought was great it's um, it's short sitcom you know like 29 minute format and the, the whole series has actually dropped on Amazon Prime um, mm. so you've got the pilot there that they le- led with uh, seems like almost two years ago what is the premise again I, I never actually read up on that <laughs> he is basically playing himself but his whole John Claude Van Damme persona is really a cover for him being a secret agent. So he goes, <laughs> the reason he goes and makes movies in foreign locations is actually because there's a job that he needs to do. But he plays it so tongue in cheek now, you know, because he's old and he realizes he's old. And mm. it's just, there's just a lot of, not, I wouldn't say totally in self-deprecation in terms of the humor but there's just a lot of jabs at himself and you can see he's kind of even gotten to the point where he's okay to make fun of the the, the brand of Jean-Claude Van Damme through this series now I've, I've only seen the pilot the the other five episodes I think dropped earlier this month and I haven't had a chance to watch them but I'm really looking forward to it mm, I think that's why he survived I think I think I probably said about this before but I think you know I love you know Seagal as much as I love Van Damme but I think Jean-Claude has survived and made interesting, continues to make interesting films and work with, you know, work on different projects and keep himself going because of that willingness to kind of, you know, take the piss out of himself a bit, you know, to yeah. kind of the image that he has, you know, he does joke around with it, a kind of tough guy image, whereas, you know, Seagal doesn't. I think that's why he's stuck making, you know, the same director video movie every year because he's not kind of willing to, to poke fun at himself, so pretty dull that image of Seagal now like, like there's no there's no variety anymore that's that's yeah that's what it is and, you know I think you need to variety is spice of life isn't it you need to kind of change up and, and be willing to do different things to kind of stay alive you know to, to, to not be doing the same thing you know to, over and over again so I think that's where he's he's fared better in his later years you know with he's, he's doing that and kind of jumping on these interesting projects very meta project that is I'm curious to see it that's like a project that if it doesn't work it really fails hard but when it works it like there's there's a huge peak you know what i mean like because it's a slippery slope uh, uh slippery slope that, that one but it's it sounds like they're getting the tone right and hopefully for a series at the very least the jokes were lost right 
because uh, <laughs> like you 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 you're gonna exhaust the filmography. It's like uh, the adventures of making uh, hot target uh, and things like that. So <laughs> I'm waiting for the sequel series, John Claude Van Halen. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the limit like now, man. Mashup waiting to happen at this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Van Damme is known for his jump kicks, so right. Exactly. Oh, well done, well done. <laughs> Thanks, I man. almost, I almost gave you a point, but you have so many already. So I was going to say, were you waiting for that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, secret point that I hid in this episode. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> the third question in this mixture. Then don't talk Hong about Kong... them on air. <laughs> the third question in this mixture category. Uh, we come back to Korean director Kim Ji Woon, Quiet Family Tale, Two Sisters. He made a US. Uh, movie as well. He debuted with the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie The Last Stand, star- also starring Johnny Knoxville and what Swedish character actor? Todd. Todd? Dolph Lundgren. That's incorrect. Ah! Paul. Paul? Uh, Peter Stormare. That's correct. Ah, an awesome Paul. Famous for Endless movies as well. <laughs> Peter yeah. works like you read about. Uh, for me, it's like he, Armageddon, Peter Stormer. <laughs> What's another movie? <laughs> Obviously, Fargo and uh, uh, yeah. yeah. 15,000 movies since, since then. But uh, what a reliable character actor. Quirk, quirky and like odd too, but uh, very good actor. Bit of an odd one that film is. <laughs> Bit of a strange one. The Last Stand or Fargo? Or... Yeah, like The Last Stand, yeah. yeah. I think it, it was a good kind of comeback film for Arnie, but I think the, the kind of Johnny Knoxville stuff, it was just such a odd pairing like it doesn't right. doesn't quite work for me but that final fight scene like it's just kind of a you know man on man man on man kind of macho kind of just fight on a bridge it's really really cool really really yeah. cool there's some good but there's some good elements to it i just think a lot of it was yeah not not so good it definitely felt like a kim Jong-un film so oh, oh it did because uh, to me it sounded like his identity was hidden somewhere in there and they made an arnold movie but uh, but hey uh, you know who knows I think that was yeah. I think that's kind of what they're going for. I think it's just like let down a bit by by the casting a bit sometimes. Some of the acting's a bit ropey, but yeah, it, it's it, it's. I think it had good intentions. So yeah, yeah. You talked about about like Jean Claude and you know taking his films in a different direction. That's one thing I've seen Arnold do of late yeah, too. Is, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he did this really small video release called Maggie. Oh, the zombie film. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. Talk about a very different role for him because it's not like he's kicking down doors and, I mean, he's really just acting through the whole film. It means and you back to hell, and you know, um, nothing like that. Uh-huh. And talking it's nice to it. nice to see them take on these more mature roles as they age. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Talking about '90s films that you know are maybe better now in hindsight rather than at the time. Like Jing- I think Jingle All the Way, dude. Yeah, Jingle All the Way, of course. <laughs> but you know, like stuff like Eraser and stuff. It's like at the time I would I could think maybe you go to cinema and go oh this is a bit crap but now it's just it's such an awesome film like it's just like a time capsule of just like the 90s just just kind of everything everything that kind of Arnie did well so I think at the time it might be that people were a bit tired of you know the kind of the Arnie formula but now it just feels like part of the kind of canon if you know what I mean like it's it doesn't kind of stick out as you know the sore thumb of his filmography and stuff it's it's really great like i feel a lot about there's a lot of stuff like that like a lot of 90s films in particular i think were even maybe even, like, uh, even stuff like the horror hybrid thing he did uh, oh in the uh, days no that no that sucks balls <laughs> <laughs> maybe like maybe it's metal because it's the devil and shit dude it's such a good concept like it's an incredible concept arnie versus the devil but it's just it's just kind of 
Yeah, it's so bad. And it was directed by, um, what's her name as well? Uh, Peter... Hyams, Hugh. Peter Hyams, yeah, yeah. Incredible filmography, like really great stuff. And, and it's... it's it, I can't believe, yeah, like I watched it, that it was directed by him because it's just, you know, he's always a very reliable, you know, very good filmmaker and he's collaborated with uh, his Van Damme and he always makes like a really solid films and that one was just, yeah, bad, man, really bad. So, yeah, there's exceptions to the rules. I might, lo- I might love it next year, though. I've only seen exactly, it. Exactly. Well, let, let's year, reunite so. next year and uh, do a yeah, comment, we'll commentary on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Gabriel Byrne? I was the uh, was saying yes. that one. Yes, right. Yeah, talking about weird accents. Uh, he, he gives a bit of a strange one in that. No, no, not his own Irish accent. Yeah, just his own. It's weird accent. <laughs> no, <it's> a- Ouch. <laughs> anyway, the fourth question in this mixture category here. So it connects again a bit to Takeshi Kitano, but um, maybe not in the obvious way. So, which star of the TV series House could be seen acting alongside Takeshi Kitano in his 2000 gangster movie Brother. Todd, you Laurie? Uh, that is incorrect. Uh, he's in House, but it's not. That's the there. only person I know who's in House. <laughs> Guys, anyone want to feel that one? And, and Brother, for, uh, for, for, uh, for, uh, for record, that was his sort of Japanese-English mixture. It wasn't a pure Hollywood production, but it's a co-production. But Paul, did you have an answer? Uh, his name escapes me. He's the he's the bad guy in Stranger Things. Uh, oh, it's that current. I didn't know that. I'm gonna pass. I guess, Five, four, I, three, two, one. No, Tom. I don't know, mate. It's yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of the cast, but I don't. I don't see in house, so I don't know. Apart from the, obviously, obviously, yeah, who, the obvious Hugh Laurie. I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, who is in? Well, the, it, it would be the actor Omar Epps. Ah, yeah, 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 swinging bells, man. The uh, the black fella that he he's, he's co-stars with. Yes, he's uh, he was in all seasons, I believe, of uh, of House. So he wasn't, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Higher Learning, I think Omar Epps was in as well. John Singleton's movie, I think, anyway. Um, so okay, fair enough. And the five, fifth, and final one in this round before we head into the quote round, which will, will be the final one. But it's Hong Kong relate- related, so. Be ready here. And Hollywood related at the same time. Making his Hong Kong movie debut in Gen Y Cops as FBI agent Ian Curtis. What oh. was... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What okay. was and is the name of the comedy actor turned Marvel superhero? Tom. Oh. I heard Paul first in my ears. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Paul Rudd. That is correct. Nice. That is um, a role I never got to because I turned off Gen Y Cops when Edison Chen was being all urban and shit <laughs> in English. And then I couldn't take it anymore. So I never got to, uh, I think, well, he's in the first scene with the robot, but I, I never saw Paul Rudd interact with the uh, Hong Kong cast and things like that as Ian Curtis with apparently a very noticeable haircut. <laughs> Wait a minute, Ian Curtis, the singer in, of yeah, Joy Division, say, what, is in Gen Y Cops? Well I, well, I heard that people said that he looks like someone out of Duran Duran, and he's an FBI agent. <laughs> he's pretty terrible in it, I have to say. Which is, I, I actually like him in most of the Hollywood movies I see, but yeah, he's a little stiff in that one. I think he did. Have you seen the clips? I think he's on Conan, where they show they show clips of it um, yeah. from Jim Wycox. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. He's like, he looks really embarrassed, poor lad. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't necessarily a small, a small struggling act. 
actor. Well. No, I mean he'd been he'd been in Friends at that point. He had that kind of right. big role in Friends, and he, he was starting to kind of yeah get, get into movies. So it wasn't like I don't think he, he needed the exposure at that point. Right, he was in Clueless. Of course, right. yeah, his, his best role. Jeez, I forget yes. that. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween Six. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, God, yeah. I've heard that he's he's pretty terrible in that, to be honest. But, uh, but apparently the, produce, the producer cuts to that's a bit better, and it, I think there's more of him in it or less of him in it, and it makes it a bit better. Well, you you finished Gen Y Cops, Paul. Clearly, I mean, I, I like Gen X Cops enough, but Gen Y Cops, I, I just I just couldn't. But uh, did you endure it all, all the way till till the end? Oh yes, uh, a couple times. Really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Is it that I say good in quotation marks, or it's just one of those? No, 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 not at all. Um, it, it's because I remember I watched it in. The... Uh, what year was it? It was ninety nine or something. Yeah, no, I I got the I got the I got it on disc, and I just you know, I watched it, and it was kind of sci fi ish for Hong Kong cinema for the time, and I was like, oh, I'll watch it again. So I, I've watched it a couple times, um, you know, on video over the years, and it's great to see at least you know at the very end, if you don't make it to the very end, you do see Paul Rudd speak a little bit of Cantonese in uh, nice. sing oh. sound. So yeah, worth the admission price alone. There is such an odd casting thing, and uh, I, I believe that's our only connection because I believe you wrote that damn movie. Oh, so. you had to bring it up, didn't you, Ken? You had to get that in there, <laughs> shimmering in that in there. We went how long? We went an hour and a half without speaking about. I'll, I'll, I'll bleep, bleep the offending, uh, offending <laughs> name. <laughs> All right, guys. After four rounds, you're on seven, Tom. Paul is on six, and Todd is on four. So, oh, man, it's still up in the air. <laughs> and next round and the final round is quotes from a variety of Hong Kong, Japanese, Korean movies. I'm going to say them all in English. No. I was going to say, you can do them in Cantonese. And yeah. <laughs> here's my Korean, like, uh, from Yongari, here's the quote. <laughs> but, no, you know, it's a, and I'm not even going to do an imitation of uh, the people that... That perform oh, English dialogue. Do, no, no, no. Please no. do. <laughs> okay. Maybe afterwards, if uh, when we're all yeah. done. So the final round, it's everybody's in it to win it. I hope anyway. So quotes and uh, what movie is the following quote from? And it's an in, uh, it's from an English language movie by a Hong Kong director. Okay, so it originally was delivered in English, and it goes like this: If I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Tom. Tom? Face off? Yes, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> that's Nick, classic, Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage, uh, like you read yeah. about uh, doing the um, airport chase when he's. Dude, that's such crazy film. I let you <laughs> suck my tongue. <laughs> I just I think about it and laugh because it's just so bizarre. It's I amazing. love it's that incredible. movie. It, it makes me laugh and it makes me cry, and I think it kicks ass. That movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. That was the first quote. Um, second one is from a Hong Kong movie that has mixed languages, both Cantonese and English. But this one was delivered in English, and it's super easy. So, but wait till I'm done. Okay. So the quote goes in the following way. If you have any dignity, apologize to the rice right now. Tom. Yep. Better tomorrow too. That's right. 
Yeah, that classic line, that classic soap opera known as Better Tomorrow 2. In the uh, New York, uh, well, presumably Chinatown set sequence that kicks off with Louis Roth just throwing rice across the restaurant. This fucking fried rice stinks! Stonks! <laughs> Stonks! And then, then he has a one-on-one with Chai Fat who really agonizes over rice and then he, he rice, breaks man. out like, if you have any dignity, apologize to the rice right now! <laughs> and it's gl- glorious uh, John Woo stuff in a quite a flawed, flawed movie. A better tomorrow too. Third quote is from a Japanese movie uh, translated in the following way. It might be a little bit harder, but I'll give you some clues along the way. It's a big Japanese movie, though. So, quote: "This is the nature of war. By protecting others, you save yourselves. If you only think of yourself, you'll only destroy yourself." Hmm. I'm happy to give clues, but you, you, if no one knows at all. Todd, I'll take a shot. Yeah. Battle Royal? No, that's incorrect, I'm afraid. Okay. It sounds incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Drawing a blank, guys? Uh, it's not coming to me, man, no. Can I phone a friend? Kevin, <laughs> no, you're up. Uh, it's, I can give you a clue. It's a Akira Kurosawa film. Oh. Tom, yes. Is it Seven Samurai. It is Seven Samurai. Oh, the yes. only thing I don't know is <laughs> I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know the context oh, of man. that quote. If it's exactly, Mifune, yeah. or yeah, so. yeah, same. I can't. I can't actually. I remember the words. I can't actually put it to a face or who said it. Uh, and and uh, and when if it's beginning, middle, or end, or if it, maybe it's the final line. Who knows? Um, so uh, I, I know nothing of it. But the third, uh, fourth quote from a Korean movie. And this is a Korean line in English. I know you're a good guy, but you know why I have to kill you. Sounds vague, but it's kind of a key line. I know you're a good guy, but you know why I have to kill you. Interesting. Todd? Do, do, is someone looking up something <laughs> in the background? Like, type, type, type. No, 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 no. Todd, Todd give it a uh, shot. Old boy, my favorite... Uh... It's unfortunately wrong, but uh, the quote for the room who seems to be struggling is that you're not far off. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Uh, Paul, I'll. Yeah, Paul. Just picking up on the hint sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. That is correct. Ah, dog. Line towards the end when two characters are standing in the water and someone is. Yes. Someone gets ankled. Oh, yes. (laughs) yes, sir. It's uh, not necessarily no. pleasant for anyone at that point. It's the cycle of revenge. No one's having a good time at that point. <laughs> uh, good work, good work. And the final quote, and then we'll tally up this competition. And it's from a Hong Kong movie, and the Cantonese language quote is translated into English in the following way. I want to say hello to my parents and my Kung Fu master, but they're all dead. And I say it with energy because it's uh, it's a comedy in this case. I want to say hello to my parents and my kung fu master, but they're all dead. So he's talking to a TV camera, I should say. So that's why it's uh, uh, he's uh, giving a shout out. Tom. Yes, sir. Go to cookery. That's incorrect. Ah. I want to say uh, hello to my parents and my kung fu master, but they're all dead. Todd. Kung fu hustle. Incorrect. Are we along? Ah. We, we we shooting up the right rail track here, mate, or not? You are, and that's the quote. That that that's a clue to Paul. 
We're talking a Stephen Chow movie. Oh, man. Oh. Um, I'll say King of Comedy. That's incorrect as well. It's Shaolin Soccer. Where he's uh, speaking to a TV camera. I want to say hello to them. I love them very much, but they're all dead. That was good, Kane. That was, man. That was some good ones, that was. There's no need for a tiebreaker because the final tally goes as follows. In third place, we have Todd on four points. Well, well done, my friend. You you, you got my favorite question correct. The one about what's your favorite. (laughs) That was my favorite. Ken, that is such a meme, that is. Yeah. You got to be on your toes and be ready for uh, for curveballs. In second place, we have Paul Fox of the Screen West Screen podcast with seven points. Yay. And you did did, did well. Seven. Seven is a good number. But unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it's a grandmaster winner of this 2017 Christmas trivia pub quiz in a podcast. It's Tom with 10 points. Ooh. Well done, my friend. Thank well you. done. Thank you. You well are done, the winner of Honor and Glory on DVD. You can't have the other thing. You oh. can't have the mental sort oh. of win of Honor and Glory. You can only have it on oh. DVD. Okay. Have you, got, have you got it on Laserdisc? I don't. I don't. As oh, okay. I, I can only play Laserdisc. I can only play Betamax and Laserdisc. So Damn it. If you tra- haven't got that. Transfer it. Oh, okay. Divix. <laughs> <laughs> what is it the cdv or whatever what's that early 80s one that looked like vcd <laughs> i think vc yeah v, you got it on vcd ken i'll have it on that it could be obtainable it could be it could be i think that was uh, that was good questions ken thank you for putting yeah. that together Thanks, really hard work there mate um i think not really together, but <laughs> but, uh, i <laughs> think <laughs> you know i think we all, we all did well they're really good job fellas i think it was uh yeah. the last couple of rounds are quite difficult so uh good effort ken eh Thanks, man. Anybody, anybody want to hear the tiebreaker before we go to the salutes and shoutouts? Oh yeah, uh, have you got a tie? Have you got a tiebreaker? Back I do, but yeah. it doesn't matter now. But it's uh, I, I can't. The only theme I found, aside from remakes, was this: uh, you know, find crazy amounts of credits for actors, right? So Simon Yam seems crazy enough, but I, but I found someone who has a crazy filmography and then some. Maybe the most filled filmography in the world, but. You all remember actor Sek Kim, Mr. Han from Enter oh, the Dragon? Yeah. Yep. How many acting roles, Todd, do you think oh, he's credited man. with on HKMDB? Sek Kim worked. He did like yeah. a million Wong Fei Hung films. So I'm yeah, thinking that's he a was massive very, number. Very busy in Cantonese cinema. I'm going to say he did 200. Yeah. Todd says 200. Well, what do you yeah. say, Paul? Sek Kim, Enter the Dragon, Mr. Han, and uh, worked. Uh, all up until the millennium somewhat so yeah um i think todd's probably close to the mark i'll say 180 paul says 180 tom you, you've gotten this stuff right uh, before so uh what's what's your thought second enter the dragon tons of wong fei hong movies i was gonna say about 180 myself so let's go 172 oh you're so far off guys wow you're so no! far off wow 547 what? wow what? yeah because you have to imagine that these movies were shot for just a few days, some of these old, old, old movies. Yeah, they, right. Yeah. Just shun yes. them out like you read about Wong Fei Hung and all. So 547 up until uh, he did like a movie in mid-90s. Then there was a pause for a couple of years because of health issues probably. And he did mm. uh, either a 
a documentary or a minor role in a movie uh, sometime after the millennium. So um, so for all intents and purposes, he was retired after mid-90s, but 547! I suppose they add up, because if you think, if you're counting, because it was very similar to the, the early American serials, wasn't it? The, the Wong Fai Hung films he did. So if you do add them up, I'm assuming that, yeah, individually, there's there's a lot of material there. There's kind of yeah. 50s, 60s ones, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Simon, yeah, made your heart out. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. Well, 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 thank you very much for competing in a joyous, positive uh, way. And yeah. uh, congratulations to Tom, my friend. So any, you, any words, any words, Tom? Woo. You are the winner. Winner circle. Am I, am I in the circle now, now? Not, oh, okay. n- not a circle jerk, I mean. but a winner circle. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That was very tight. That was very tight. I'd like to thank tea and whiskey combinated, um, put together. And, uh, and Hallmark. Give a, sh- <laughs> give a shout reason. out to them. Give a shout out for mom for uh, popping me out, um, you know, all those many years ago. And I'd like to thank my lack of social life and love of Hong Kong cinema. So there you go. And Hal has asked you to thank Hallmark. (laughs) Okay, let me do that. I'm sorry. I'd also like to thank Hallmark. They make the best motion pictures (laughs) with the best acting performances and original scripts. Hallmark for the children. Was that okay, Ken? Was that good? That's very much okay. (laughs) Hopefully you'll encounter that Mariah Carey-directed movie. Paul informed us of the fact that Mariah Carey... What? Yep, yep. No, I don't know what the movie's called. Something Christmas, I assume, but... uh, It's the name of of her song, right? All I Want for Christmas. Oh, my God. So they thought, oh, I did a song and they got her to direct it. That's hilarious. I wonder how much of that she actually directed or how much she was just kind of on the set while somebody else directed, because... You know, I'm not saying she couldn't, but, you know, the musician goes straight into the director, you know, seemed like two different kind of sets of skills. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. I'll have to track, track that one down. Have a directing job. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> handing them out like Christmas presents. <laughs> now, that was really fun, Ken. Uh, yeah, I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Cheers for, uh, yeah, cheers for the guys for showing up and being here and then getting yeah. together it's been lovely it feels very festive getting together like a bit bit of a weird family but i suppose we are so uh <laughs> yeah you know we're stuck with each other so uh it was a great time man. any 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 final words or uh well wishes uh, Todd? so let's let's go around around the room i i'm very happy with my standing because four is a lot better than zero which is what i thought <laughs> i was gonna get <laughs> and for that i'd like to thank our heavenly father and uh no. <laughs> uh, no uh uh yeah it was a great time great questions and uh happy holidays everybody and i'd like to say that in the most hallmark spirit of uh, of the occasion. it's a recurring yeah. theme it's a recurring yeah. theme yeah yeah or, or they like uh, rip off it's a wonderful life movies on hallmark or they, they try to stay away from shamelessly like ripping off christmas classics for their own uh Corporate, uh, corporate benefit. It's just yeah. the same, just blueprint every... It's normally like a strong, independent, um, single woman who's kind of tied down to some complete asshole uh, husband uh, who's always working late, and then she gets a job as an elf or something like that. Or she hates Christmas. She goes, I don't like Christmas, or whatever, but she's got a Christmas-themed name, so it's like she can't escape it. Family's always like, oh, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And then she probably takes a job somewhere, helping out children, you know, wrapping presents... Falls in love with someone else who works there. There's some kind of minor conflict. She's probably got some weird magical power as well. She's got like a book or some shit. That always happens as well for right. some reason. And then, you talking, know, everything happens. Uh, talking animals. Talking, it's probably, not, not really, not many. It's mostly kind of, you know, 
I mean, yeah, it keeps it kind of realistic, you know what I mean? With all the magic books and, you know, the enchantment and stuff like that. <laughs> and then everyone just gets gets together for Christmas and there's a bit of snow and someone might do a song, sing a song maybe at the end. Yeah. People might get together on a lawn and, you know, have a bit of eggnog. That's it. That, that that's There you go. That's it right there. That's your Hallmark film, Ken. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm educated. <laughs> <laughs> Ken's like, I can't wait. Start watching these films. Jeez, yeah, really. you should got start. got all that in them. All that. <laughs> What am I doing with this bloody uh... Taiwanese shit? I'm gonna get. I'm, uh, I need to get into that. S- <laughs> yeah, send we... me the link to the Mariah Carey one, and I promise you to watch yeah. it. Let's do it, man. We we should all watch it and get back to each other on it. What That'd is this? We should do a walk on. Have you seen um, it, Paul? That, no, there's there's actually two. Um, there's the live action one they she did for Hallmark, which well, was was it last year's or the year before's? I have not seen that one. I heard it was terrible from people I know that watch every single Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> you talking about me? Um, <laughs> and then there's another one out there by the same name called All I Want for Christmas. It's an animated one for kids mm. where she doesn't direct it, but she does the narrative voice, and mm. it's like her story as a little girl and this dog that she wanted for Christmas and. Um, I watched that one with my daughter earlier in the week, and it was fine, you know, for kids. Mm. Um, so there's two of them out there, apparently by the same name, and one of them is the Hallmark one that she directs. So, it's and that's it that for this episode. <laughs> Gonna run and watch Hallmark episodes now. <laughs> yes, have it start a new podcast, Hallmark on Fire. <laughs> Hallmark on Fire. And sounds you, like you would never like run out of content. Yeah, never, never, I guess not. Never, never. Yeah. You, you they they keep producing so fast that if you keep doing them like doing reviews on them, you won't be able to catch up ever. Yeah. ever. I mean, because well, it's, season, it's seasonal. I mean, once the Christmas season stops, they're building up for Valentine's Day, and then oh, for Easter, yeah. and then Christmas in July, and then on to October with Halloween. It's just <laughs> yeah. Have any of you ever read Tars Tarkas's blog? He he reviews a lot of those, and also the Lifetime movies. It's oh. insane. We ne- I used to do a podcast with him, but we never touched on that stuff. Oh, man. That's cool. At, at, at my insistence, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I want to talk Taiwanese kaiju or some black and white Turkish movie, but not Mariah Carey. I'll draw the line somewhere. I, I yeah. can't run. You know, you put them on on a Sunday afternoon or something, you know, while you're doing, you know, washing or something, you know, hanging up clothes or doing a bit of yeah. ironing. It's perfect, man. Honestly, I can't. It's perfect background yeah. noise. It's good for, That's... like, wrapping presents. And, yeah, um, man. Getting in the, getting in the, the tree, whatever you need to do. I agree. I agree. So we've just declared our love, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I would have thought if the movies are bad, putting it on motivates you to do your chores quicker. So you don't, don't have to watch <laughs> so a lot a of film. it. <laughs> exactly. Did you know what? They're not. They're not bad films, though. Like they're genuine. They've got stars and stuff. Like they've genuinely got you know people in. Like I mean, Dean Cain's in about forty of them. <laughs> um, he always pops up. But they got you know I've seen a few. They have got some you know, decent stars there. You know, popping up and giving good performances. It's just you know it's just cookie cutter stuff, though, isn't it? It's never terrible. So I think yeah. that's why people dig them. You know, they're just and a lot of it. Noise. A lot of it's very much. Um, the budget when it's not going to stars is going to the art direction because they're really trying to yeah, show yeah. the perfect homes and oh, man, you yeah. know perfectly decorated set pieces and things. Ikea that, showrooms they got going yeah. on there. It's crazy. <laughs> you got appeal, and clearly they do appeal to to a demographic, and uh, so they know what they're doing. It's not uh, random patchworks necessarily. So it sounds like they they have their thing. They they went from greeting cards, I suppose, if they're not doing that uh, still, to Movie productions. So, Films. how modern is that? 
the most logical of career changes. <laughs> uh, Paul, any final words before we uh, wrap this, so to say, up? Oh, so we did that, Ken. Okay. That was good. That was really good. That's really uh, professional. That was no, I... I'm uh, glad to have taken part, although I'm surprised there was not one question about uh, Little Hero or uh, a <laughs> reference to uh, Taiwan face peeing, as you started out mentioning. Yeah, well, um, we've we got to make it yeah, uh, okay. approachable, for heaven's sake. Like, yeah. And not alienate uh, the rest of the room. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was a great time, and uh, thanks for bringing me on and allowing me to participate. And, uh, you know, God bless us, everyone. Or something, right? That's beautiful. That sounds like a remote film that does. (laughs) It's happening. They're being taken over. Both of them. Christmas cliches. Tom, any final words? Uh, Just, yeah, um, big shout out to the other two guys sitting in the room tonight. And uh, it was an honor to be on. Speak to you. And uh, I think me and Paul have chatted in the past before and been online. But it's the first time I think with Todd. So... Very, very nice to meet you, sir, and uh, had a Likewise. really good time. Really good time, you know, shooting the shit and uh, scoring some points. Um, but yeah, to, I mean, to kind of everyone listening, just have a good Christmas, New Year, stable New Year, you know, uh, enjoyable one, uh, you know, lots of um, good times. Um, Hope you find happiness. a roof, Tom. Yeah, roof would be good for me. Talking about myself personally, yeah, roof would be great. Um, clothes would be a good start. Um, you used to dream to of living in a house with with a roof. <laughs> with a roof, it's it's, just, it's the dream, man. Yeah, it's the dream. Uh, and thanks for listeners for putting up, uh, you know, another year of me swearing and making silly jokes and talking about film. So uh, thanks for listening. And I'm the winner. So yeah, yeah. there's that. Woo! There's that as well. So I'm gonna send you that King DVD Tom, uh, yeah. soon. And uh, if 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 I'm gonna watch Mariah Carey movies, then you gotta watch your price as well. You got it, man. You got it. Well, uh, yeah, we'll do like a it's like a book club, but with with films. <laughs> so a film club is what I'm going for there. Yeah. But uh, my final words: Thank you for the support this year, everybody. Thank you, guys, for participating and indulging me in in this because uh, you know, and and uh, yeah, it was a good time. I didn't know how this was gonna play out in if I wrote questions that were accessible enough or not. Uh, I guess I did work on it <laughs> to a fair degree, rather than right face <laughs> no, okay, category. Yeah, thank you for putting the work in, man. Really appreciate it. And Happy to do it. Thanks to Ken for putting in the work on all the shows that we do together. You know, a lot of time I just show up and say some silly stuff, but Ken puts the work in and, and play bass badly. That's what you do as well. Dude, dude, you know, I tell you, well, you know, uh, I really pure you. It's one of my hobbies, but I, <laughs> I genuinely, you know, I genuinely love you, man. And I, I think I, I really Let's appreciate the hard work you put four into. points. Uh, Paul is the winner, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the hard work you put into researching the shows and putting everything together. Yeah. And, you know, putting, putting up with people, you know, not showing up and life happening and stuff and getting in the way, but always being there that we can you know, get together and, and talk and stuff. So, yeah, appreciate yeah. you, man. So, happy Christmas to you, sir, specifically. Thank you very much. And they're uh, happy to do all of it because nothing else. And that's of this... how Tom discovered the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It's hard. Was that perfect or not? I was going for my Oscar then. I was going for my golden raspberry then. <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna be like uh, Jim Carrey in the mask, like you love me, you really, you really love, love me. me, and then go to the wrong side of the stage as you exit. <laughs> but at any rate uh, thank you for the kind words and uh, you know across the shows we hope to bring a sense of approachable context and fun and uh, obviously there's plenty of new challenges ahead to make sure that happens in the future but I'm looking forward to share what we already have in the pipeline and uh, Merry Christmas
Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays. And in case you don't acknowledge any of those holidays or celebrations, I just wish you have the greatest time to uh, from now until the end of the year and into 2018 as well. So uh, thank you everybody for that. So uh, I guess uh, it's us out and... Uh, gonna prep tom's uh, christmas package i actually have a little uh, extra thing i'm gonna throw in there that i was gonna send him anyway so uh, Ooh, lucky boy me very lucky boy friends in high places a box eh? of poo no i'm just kidding it's a roof uh, <laughs> it's like it's yeah it's one slate we're a broken teacup have good luck in the future it's, it's your first like step to to a great future a broken teacup <laughs> is that a beauty in the beast gag or what's, i don't know never seen it <laughs> at any rate uh let's uh, finish this one off i've been kennedy uh with me was todd statman so say, say goodbye buddy uh yeah, uh it's it's been a gas and a giggle and uh yeah, really nice <laughs> to talk to you guys and a goof. And a happy holidays or just happy days or you know, whatever. Um It's a great show. Great show. Great great good, show, good good, good work. Yeah, good work yeah. again. Yeah. Um and we'll see you or you'll hear us in the new year, I guess. And a final little goodbye from Paul Fox as well. Yeah, just to reiterate what the guys already said, thanks to Ken for putting this all together, and it's a big honor to be on with him in everything that he does. And thanks to the guys for being on here and playing this game with me. And uh, you know, as I like to sign off sometimes by just saying in the you know words of Bill and Ted, uh, be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. And Tom, nice. you're you're the winner. You have the final word. Sign us I up. I am. Party. Your winner. I finally get my big rigs uh, meme come to Your life. Win. I love it. <laughs> Your win. Yeah, thanks to the guys. Thanks to Kenny, especially. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, love you. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, tune in for uh, more adventures in cinema next year with me and your boys right here. And the variety of other excellent co hosts on the network. Uh, yeah, have a good Christmas and bye bye.